Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SolkanaCast. It's season two, episode one. Heyo. This is Lucian Hannah coming at you real hard. <laughs> really excited. Super excited for season two. We're very awake. Yeah. I have coffee next to me. I have water. <laughs> Lucia, a listener pointed out that I talk a little too much about coffee <laughs> in season one. Well. So I'm going to tone it down. I'm only going to talk about coffee once per episode. So that was my time, and now it's over. Okay, no more. So if anyone brings it up, I can't respond. <laughs> I'm on a gag order surrounding coffee. We have to start the episode all over if it happens. Okay. Uh, hi. Hi. Oh my god, how are you? <laughs> I'm not too shabby. I'm pretty darn good. Tell me more. Um, you bought a house. I bought a house. I also bought a house. Yeah. Been a lot of house, house thinking and house time spending. I've uh, been painting a lot. In case you guys were wondering, we didn't buy a house together, <laughs> though I think that would be like a dream scenario. That'd be pretty cool. Just my dream scenario. I don't know <laughs> how Lucia would feel about it, but I would figure it out. I'm imagining the yard, and the yard is huge. Yeah, and there's like, like a two double, triple yard. dog tracks, one small yeah. dog track, one large dog track. Yeah, and the dogs are just always running in their tracks. Yeah. Going really fast. How's your fitness? Fitness is okay. Tell me more. I've been taking a rest week this week. Oh. Yeah, which has been good. I needed it. Yeah. Um, full week. A full week. No mobility, no nothing? At home mobility. Okay. And dog walking. Yeah. And watching the dog run in her track in the yeah. yard. Yes. Yeah. How about you? What's been going on? Oh, you know, nutrition-wise or fitness-wise? Both. Nutrition-wise, I ate a, like a cup and a half of chocolate pudding last night with a brownie crumbled into it delicious i tried this thing there's like this ice cream now they make that's like protein ice cream have you heard of it the halo or what no it's a different company i don't know should i say it yeah it's arctic zero okay not was, not sponsored by no we are definitely not sponsored <laughs> by because i'm about to rip it apart okay so i started following this company arctic zero on instagram because they have such a good instagram like every day they post a picture of their ice cream and they've like crumbled cookies into it Dang. Yeah. It's like and ice cream plus. Yeah. 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 And the caption is always like, eh, this fits my macros. It's only 200 <laughs> calories and it's got 36 grams of protein and whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try it because I need to know if this is legit. And it is not legit. Oh, no. <laughs> it is a lie. I bought some and it's like, quote unquote, salted caramel flavored, mm-hmm. but it tastes like water tastes uh. like water because the first of all the first ingredient is water <laughs> in ice cream that's cute <laughs> second ingredient is whey protein so it tastes like you took a protein drink and then watered it down more and then froze it so some bro who's really into tracking his macros was like hey i've got this great business idea yeah you know the sad ice cream i make for myself to fit my macros <sighs> let's go ahead patent that sell it, make it look real good on the Instagram. It's just a trick. Yeah. 
It's sad because I was really excited about it. I should just never have tried it, but it's so bad. I couldn't even finish it. I couldn't finish my pint of ice cream. Is it just sitting there? It's just sitting in my freezer. I even tried crumbling Oreos into it. <laughs> and I just ate the Oreos and didn't eat the ice cream because it was so bad. Oof. So that was my disappointment. Well, how about fitness? Oh, fitness is going okay. Yeah, you're you're training. I'm training for the Ragnar. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why people run for long distances. But it's okay. I, it's fine. It, it's going to be fine. Let's check in about it next week. Yeah, yeah. For now, it's like two weeks in. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> My whole body hurts. Uh, okay. Well, on with the episode. What do you say? <laughs> season two, we're changing it up a little bit. You're going to hear some great interviews this season, including our very first interview with our special guest. Say hi. Hey. This is Sam Lazan. <laughs> He's our special guest today. He's a manual therapist, and he owns a business called Sportswork Active Chiropractic. Hi, Sam. Hi. Hi, girls, ladies. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to back that train up. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about proper pronoun usage here at Silcana. Oh, yeah, I saw the email that you got the other day. Yeah, I got a dear sir email. Dear sir. Yuck. You know, just like humans is good. Dear human. Or hi. Hi. Hello. I, I usually go with hello exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or even hello, yeah. comma. Right. Or just hello, dash. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Return. Go to the next line. Sir is like so presumptuous. It's very presumptuous. Did you respond? Yes. I responded with dear, and then I said his name because he wrote his name in there. I said, dear person, I use she, her pronouns, so the term sir does not fit for me. You could call me mix, coach, or just person. Did they respond? No. <laughs> <laughs> I recently feel like I've gotten attached to MX. Have you, do you ever use that? I don't use it, but I've, I've heard it, yeah. Okay. Instead I'm not of like familiar. Mr. or Mrs. or Miss, you can just use MX as like a gender neutral Ooh, I title. Oh, like, I like it. Yeah. So you could, you could say like, dear, I think you say it, mix. Or MX. You could just say Dear MX. Or yeah. like MX Hannah White, even if you wanted to say that. You didn't know my pronoun. Right. Easy. And then you're good to go. You've nailed it. I like it. Yeah. Making life even easier. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty and the gritty, Sam. You ready? I liked just the banter beforehand. That oh, was okay. fun. <laughs> Don't worry. Banter will be well, all throughout. How is your week? How is your wedding planning? It's going. My best friend just got married. So now we're like back planning our own wedding oh yeah. yeah every every time you go to a wedding before your own you just think oh here's what i don't want to do at our wedding and here's what i like and or what can i steal off the tables to use at my own <laughs> wedding yeah you guys mind if we take your bubbles <laughs> <laughs> anything uh anything in the works that you can share with us mm, we have a very fun like Grand March intro that we're going oh, to do. Okay. And we're going to involve the entire wedding. Wow. But they don't know that yet. <laughs> Will it be wow. a surprise until it happens? Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you tell us the song or no? Don't tell us. No, don't tell us anything. <laughs> it is by a band that made Minneapolis famous for this song. Or Great. continued <laughs> to boost the fame of Minneapolis. So many answers going through my head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're all wrong, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Sam, tell us. If you were to give a short spiel, which I'm sure you have to do this all the time, an elevator pitch on what it is that you actually do. Because I try to explain it to people, and it takes me a long time. 
So I tell people that I am a manual therapist, which means I manually work on muscles, tendons, ligaments, and joints of the body. So I usually am working on athletic people, athletes, people who want to move and either, either decrease pain while they move or help them move better. That's my shtick. That's great. So you, are, but you are a chiropractor. Yes, I'm licensed as a chiropractor, and I would love to call myself a physical therapist because I feel like I physically yeah. do a lot. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't. But I can't. Legally, that, that's that's a different license. <laughs> yeah. Do you sometimes feel like there's stigma around you just saying that you're a chiropractor? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's it's hit or miss. Actually, it's getting a lot better, but a lot of times I'll say I'm a chiropractor, and people will be like, "Oh, great!" And then they'll go into their low back or neck or whatever hurts and then there's another group of people that are like really i could get that certificate in a weekend as well (laughs) oh i even feel like from just from like an outsider perspective when i say to people what you do i'm like he's a chiropractor but he doesn't do like cracking and stuff first because i feel like people have a weird like i've had bad experiences with chiropractors i have too yeah me three people maybe interpret it as like you're going to go in for a 10-minute appointment. That person is going to crack your back. It might feel bad. It might not be what you came in for. And then they're going to tell you about, like, this is just my experience, um, <laughs> kinesio, like, what is that called? AK, active kinesiology. Or, or yeah, it's or like kinesio- or if you close your eyes and touch your finger, then, like, you're allergic to gluten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AK, active yeah, yeah, yeah. kinesiology. <laughs> and so it's like a mixture of, stu- like, touch I didn't want and like pseudoscience that I don't believe in. So so it was a relief to come to you because I was like, that's not what Sam does. <laughs> <laughs> that, I know, I don't really, I'm not here to bash anyone, but AK, what you were just talking about, yeah. is a really great principle that has just gone horribly, horribly out of control. Right. So what it was was like, here, eat this gluten and let's see if you, if your strength weakens. Right. Oh, okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. You're, you have an allergy to that. Mm-hmm. Well, then it became well, like, well, let's just hold the gluten and see, see if that. Or just makes stand it. nearby the gluten. Or yeah, just let's, we're going to, we're going to put it in a, in a plastic bag. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. The, to the point where people just think about it. And that, to me, that's like, all right, well, <laughs> there goes a great, <laughs> right. great principle that's just been manipulated. Right. What was, uh, what was the inspiration for for moving into that field? Um, when I was in high school even, I like I always liked science and I always liked medical stuff, but I didn't like medicine itself. So I thought about physical therapy and chiropractic and athletic training. And I just, um, I went and watched a lot of different people work. And so I shadowed a lot of individuals and I got a job with a chiropractor and just just saw how the, how each practice um, worked and I liked chiropractic Um, truth be told physical therapy and chiropractic are not that different there's just a lot of different emphasis where so I think I had four semesters four classes in actual physical therapy exercise and physical therapists actually have manipulation joint adjusting classes as well so they have a little combo exactly so we just focus more on the adjusting they focus more on the physical therapy and i myself specifically just decided hey there's this in-between phase of actual tissue work and and rehab and so i focused on that a little bit but it was it was really just a uh, a way of okay i want to help people and i would like to do it in the middle of the woods (laughs) <laughs> and by by that I by, 
by that I mean if if the three of us were in the middle of what in the middle of the woods and one of you sprained your ankle, I could do something. Oh yeah, right we there. wouldn't need like resistance yeah. bands or, or right. tables or electricity and this machine and that machine and well we'll write up a prescription. Right. We could if we were on a desert island, there's something that I could do to physically help you mm. heal. Wow, that's a very cool way of thinking about it. Yeah. Maybe I didn't say it right. <laughs> no, you We totally could do it in the middle it. of the woods. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah. So you see a lot of different types of people at your practice. Yes. But do you, you mostly see athletes? Yes, I do. And people are always, they always come in and they say, oh, I'm not an athlete. And you don't have to be a professional to be an athlete. Right. I, I like to see people who are active and whether that's, they're cycling or starting CrossFit for the first time or running, don't care what it is. Uh, those are the people that I see a lot. The people yeah. who move or want to move better or want to move without pain. Do you work with any teams specifically or any sports that you like work with people the most in? Yes, I work with Team USA Minnesota. They're the pro runners here in Minneapolis. I unofficially work with some Hamlin and Augsburg right. teams. Because they probably have some trainers as well. Yes, and I'm not a sponsor, so I don't sure, think I can sure. say. Right, because you're not paying that big <laughs> bucks. Yeah, yeah, no. Or doing all the work for free. Yeah, right? so I do work with um, different runners and running. I always say runners, and I do see a lot of runners, but I also see soccer players and lacrosse players. Yeah, people, people who, who run. Who run, yeah. yeah. But then I also see a lot of crossfitters, and that's where I generally see a lot of shoulders um, but those are the big groups of people, people who yeah. are active or want to be active or want to remain active. Mm -hmm. Since m our listeners are a combination, but a lot of them do CrossFit, what are the most common injuries or not injuries per se, but like irritations or things, problems that people are dealing with that come from the CrossFit world or weightlifting world? CrossFit and weightlifting, I see a lot of knee pain. And I see a lot of shoulder pain. Yeah. Those are the big ones. Mm -hmm. And I would say I might be a little biased towards knees because that's the crossover with the runners too. But mm -hmm. I think actually from CrossFit we get a lot more shoulders. Yeah, like impingement. Impingement, and which is now, they've now changed the name. Oh, it's, tell us more. It's subacromial pain syndrome. Okay, well that's Whoa. harder to say. <laughs> yes. And so the reason they're doing that, if I, if I remember correctly, is when you impinge your your shoulder, your supraspinatus, mm -hmm. you're actually damaging the underside of the tendon, mm -hmm. which is coming from the humeral head, not from the imp impingement on top. So they're trying to change it to some subacromial pain syndrome, which is very <laughs> confusing. I usually am like, they just impingement. Subacro? <laughs> yeah. So we'll call that yeah. subacro sub uh, So when you have people come in with like subacro or some other <laughs> shoulder problem what do you see as the thing that's driving it the most like is it an Im underlying immobility or what's going on um usually it's a combination of underlying immobility and overactive traps sure hmm. ah yes that's interesting uh, yeah we've talked about that before we on this have. podcast overuse of traps underuse of laps exactly yeah. lots of problems however there. Specifically in the CrossFit community, we are starting to see people who are having shoulder pain from overactive lats as no well. No way! Yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> You're blowing my mind! Hold up, hold oh, up. No. <laughs> and that is generally from kipping because we oh, start. Yeah, you're doing that pull, back, pull down, lean back. Yep. Yeah, okay. And what, what that does is it internally rotates your humerus. Yep. And that's 
when you're done kipping, then it's leaving your lats tight, so you're stuck mm. in this internal rotation position, which is similar to the position of like typing, sure. right? You're yeah, in, in sure. internal rotation. So it might be better if you if you gonna if you're gonna do something like kipping, if you follow it up with like a, a pushing motion or something like a Absolutely. dip or a push up. And then some. How about some mobility at the yeah. end? <laughs> right? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Work, yeah. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Work them out and then loosen them up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, that's. That's a trend that's just starting, or research that's just starting to come out. That's so interesting because I feel like when I see people at the gym who, I was just talking to an athlete about this, when people start and they build strength really quickly, they always over, get overdeveloped traps, and it's so visually obvious to me now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I feel like especially, um, I see it especially in women who are gaining strength quickly or coming into the gym a lot right away, so they'll get over overdeveloped traps because uh, they're just like doing athletic movements that their upper body has never done before and I had the same problem I look at pictures of me when I first started CrossFit and my traps were much bigger than they are now but my really? hats <laughs> were little weaklings so. no it's it's actually a good thing because your traps are really really strong and they're yeah. efficient mm -hmm. muscles but generally what that means is you're doing too much weight too yeah, fast. Right. Yeah. And so the smaller muscles are like, Psh, eh, we'll let the traps yeah. do it. Yeah. Or you're just overcompensating in your movement. You're not learning the basics. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So That's it's so not, it's a good thing that your body's found this protective mechanism mm -hmm. to lift with the strongest muscle, but we kind of need to trick the body and, mm -hmm. and develop those smaller muscles as well. Right, right. a little rhomboid work maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Firing those delts. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so when pe you have people come in, you talk to them about mobility issues, and then what? It, what primarily is your goal to reduce impingement? Like when you see somebody come in with that, what's the first thing you go to? So the first thing of any pain or any any reason someone comes in, they're generally in pain, and that's the first goal: decrease pain. Right. Because if you come in and your shoulder hurts, and I start doing rhomboid work and low back work, and you walk out, and you're like, my shoulder still hurts right, right, right. it doesn't make sense and it doesn't make sense to me either we need to decrease the pain um, but after I decrease pain or usually concurrently the, f the number one goal is increased mobility right because we, we don't touch strength we don't touch any of that because I don't care if you're strong in an immobile position or an immobile range of motion it, it doesn't make sense great you can push really strong through, through 30 degrees nope <laughs> right. yeah, who cares yeah. So step one is always decrease pain. Step two is increase mobility. Mm -hmm. And there's specific numbers, especially with the shoulder. You need 180 or 170 degrees of arm flexion and abduction. Um, you need horizontal abduction which or horizontal flexion and extension, which mm -hmm. is coming across, across, the body. across the body. So you need, oof, that one's harder. I think it's 60 degrees and 80 degrees respectively. Okay. So it's actually specific measurements yeah. that you can, you can um, go through. And the big ones are obviously flexion and abduction. Yeah. And that's abduction is the one that people are usually limited it in just for like, people at home mm -hmm. and they wanted to like quick give themselves a little test what could they do to determine if they have so first put your arm down to your side uh -huh. and just lift straight out generally at 90 degrees that's when you get pain if mm -hmm. you have impingement but then what you want to do is um, put your arm in scaption are you familiar with scaption no, so us. abduction is straight out to the side flexion is straight in front of you and scaption's like 45 degrees out oh, oh yeah so there's like a little I can feel basically that. like yep. a little twist kind 
exactly. From there, you put your thumb down in scaption. And if someone is pushing, if you're, someone's resisting you while you push up, that'll be very, very, very tender. Okay. If you have. If you have impingement right. syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the big one for impingement syndrome. Or you can do this funky like elbow out in front of you. Right. Chicken wing. Yep. Style. And twist, mm-hmm. and that'll that'll set you through the roof too. Yeah, that's like the most <laughs> common test I use. If someone asks me. You know what it's called? No. Hawkins Kennedy test. Oh, I like it so much. I've just been like, okay, put your arm on your shoulder and then lift your elbow. Does it hurt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. When you have athletes come in, what is the thing? What What do you see the that drives you? What's What habits do people have that just drives you absolutely nuts? That like makes everything worse that you consistently see. Ugh. This is so many the, things. No, no, this is gonna be a rough one to explain. Okay. Core work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lack thereof, or no. like uh, misunderstanding. Of misunderstanding. Oh. oh, isn't that interesting? Because I feel the same way. Because really. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And you didn't even set me up for that. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, core work is extremely important, and the quick and easy way to do it is all right. Shoot a cannonball out of a canoe. If you're not, if you don't have a stable base, if you don't have a stable core, the canoe is going to go flying. The cannonball is not going to go anywhere. Right. However, if you come in with impingement syndrome and you're telling me that you need to work on your core or you've been doing a lot of core work, there's probably something else that you were doing that caused that impingement syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing I get with runners. They they have plantar fasciitis, and I've been doing core work. Well, you're probably in the wrong shoes, or your running motion, you're biomechanically off. It's not. A core problem right. yeah or you're using you're just working on your show muscles you're not really Ex- working on exactly core. <laughs> yeah what are you doing for core i'm doing sit-ups yeah right well <laughs> all right well trying to get a six-pack yeah what are you doing Ex- exactly <laughs> and there's i mean core is really cut off your arms and your legs and there's your core yeah so i mean pec work is technically core work as well so there are a lot of different muscles that really need a focus mm-hmm. and most people are just like blipping over you know what the first muscle to fire with any extremity movement is glutes a guess. <laughs> Lucia, you have a guess? Uh, no. TA, transverse abdominis. Oh. And that's a core muscle, right? Yeah, There's sure your is. Not one that people work on a lot. N- no. Nope. Can you tell us more about where that, where that is? So your, rec- no. your rectus abdominis is your six-pack muscle. Okay. Okay. Your transverse, so then there's your obliques, right? Everyone knows what your obliques, they kind of go sideways down from your ribs. Sure. And then deep, even deeper to both of those, are your, is your transverse abdominis. That's like what Pilates is based on. Exactly. Mm. And it runs from side to side. Your rectus, your six-pack goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Your transverse abdominis goes side to side. And it goes down to your pelvis and up towards your ribs. Yeah. And it's a very, very important muscle. But again, just like you said, Hannah, that's a core muscle that people are never working on. No, right. never work on them. We were talking about that in our, we had a, a midlines and macros episode where we were talking about misunderstanding the core mm-hmm. focusing on the wrong areas yeah. and never focusing on the posterior yeah, of the ever, core ever ever because I don't want to look at someone's back right I just want to look at their six pack muscles right, right. <laughs> if I'm looking at Shape Magazine yeah. I'm not trying to see I like c- a cut low back yeah <laughs> I can't see that in the mirror <laughs> so uh, so someone could then be overworking those like quote unquote show muscles absolutely and then throwing themselves even more out of whack absolutely absolutely there's um, upper crossed syndrome is that position that you get when you're typing at a computer for days, so your kind of heads hunched forward, your shoulders are rotated. But there's also lower cross syndrome, 
And that's when you're sitting up super straight and your pelvis is tipped forward and your butt's sticking out. Oh, that sounds like something you maybe talked to me about once. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But if you start developing these core muscles, they connect to your pelvis. And if you are overdeveloping one, it's going to hold you in these lower crossed syndrome positions and throw you through hip pain, which will eventually could be knee pain, or that could be what's stemming your shoulder pain. Right. So more sit-ups is not going right. to do it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of those same people are likely experiencing hip flexion all day long, and yeah. they go do sit-ups, which is increasing hip flexion. Absolutely. So then they're super tight Absolutely. in the same spot. Absolutely. They're and not doing a lot of, like, uh, Superman position or mm -mm. Yeah, stuff no. that could actually potentially Reverse help. hyperextensions, yeah. glute activation. Yeah. Bridging. We like all these we things. We do. <laughs> we talk about glute activation so much. Yeah. It's like a little too much, maybe. Uh, no, I think it's too much. Do you talk necessary. about it more than coffee? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I baited you. Sam, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sam was tricking <laughs> you. I'm, respond. I'm changing the subject. Okay, so what, uh, what about habits that you see from athletes that you really think are great? Like, what's the best habit that somebody could have to prevent injury or to manage their injury? See now, this another answer could be core work. Oh. If, they're doing it, if they're doing it right, it all comes back. Um, one thing I really, really like people to do, um, and I'm really happy when they're doing it, is activation. Yeah. So if you're going to do a push up, if before that you do some lat and some pec activation, so the difference between strength and activation is activation is your neurologic system. Mm. How yeah. quickly can you fire this muscle? How efficiently can you fire this muscle? Where strength is just how strong is it? How much can you move? So if you can activate your muscles first, generally you're going through a warm-up process while you're doing it, and your lift becomes that much safer and that yeah. much more efficient. Mm. Um, so I really like when people are activating the muscle group that they're intending to use. Right. So like if you were to do some deadlifting or some squatting, you might do three sets of ten bridges beforehand mm -hmm. to get your glutes firing. Absolutely. Or some tip-overs standing touching the ground and yeah. then popping right back up mm, great yeah. just stuff that makes your muscles actually fire and take notice before you actually do anything absolutely here's strength. what we're about to do here's here's the exercise that we're about to do body get ready for it yeah, yeah. And it helps a lot yeah that's awesome hmm. well we do that all the time yeah. so <laughs> you guys do everything right here yeah no i feel like i notice a lot of people wanting to like, let's say runners, for example, or when people are not in a structured gym environment where nobody's telling them what to do, the first instinct is always to stretch before you mm -hmm. move. So what could those people do instead of thinking about stretching before they run N or stretching? Not they stretch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of research that's come out, and not even as of late. It's been out for a long time that tells us that static stretching is not beneficial in any way right which is okay right it doesn't hurt you right but right. you're literally just wasting time yeah so, yeah you're not getting anywhere yeah not at all so what I tell runners to do is one run or walk maybe mm. barefoot you're about to put shoes on and you're about to lock your foot up for maybe 5 10 15 miles if you're crazy um, so first move around barefoot and then start to do some dynamic type exercises so start skipping skipping is a very powerful and a very easy on the body movement um, start doing some strides so you're running with really really long strides and then very short strides doing knees up butt kickers things like that you're activating all the muscles you're about to use mm -hmm. 
And that's way better than sitting on the ground and touching your toes. And it doesn't take as long, no, it turns out. No, you and could you do that for a minute or two. Well, and you can do it like, all right, I'm going to jog for two minutes, and then I'm going to do some butt kickers and some high knees, and you just roll it right into your routine, and sure. then boom, you start running. Half yeah. a mile later, yeah. you've already, you're warm and ready to go, Absolutely. and you got a half mile under your belt. Uh-huh. Right. Awesome, cool. Lucia has some questions for you that came from some athletes. I do. Uh-oh. People were very excited to ask you. I'm yes, nervous. everyone's like, I love Sam! Because yep. I send... <laughs> Let's try to stump him. <laughs> <laughs> I send everybody to you. Okay. So, yeah, you do, actually. Yeah. Thank no, you. I thought these questions were great because they were. they were questions that I wouldn't necessarily ask because, not that I know the answers to, but just because I'm thinking from it from a different framework. Mm-hmm. Right? They're thinking of it from somebody who's being told what to do and doesn't necessarily know the background of why you're doing certain sure. things. So. Sure, sure. So, okay, so Amy Highness has this question. How do you know if pain is muscular, ligament, skeletal, or, question mark, other? And it's just kind of a two-part. And when is chiropractic the route to go versus massage or physical therapy? Okay. Um, so the, the pain question, it's a very good question. Is it muscle? Is it ligament? Is it tendon? Is it bone? Um, it's hard to tell, which is a horrible response but generally if someone comes in and they describe a pain to me I have no idea what it is Mm. it's really based on location and mechanism of injury Mm. so if you are just running and something pops or snaps that's generally a tendon or a muscle it's not a ligament ligaments gonna be um, some sort of accident um, like a tra- like a trauma yeah like a trauma like you twisted your ankle you rolled it off of a sidewalk you got tackled in whatever sport you're doing mm-hmm. that's gonna be ligamentous something like I w- all I was doing was that's a, that's a tendon or a muscle mm-hmm. bone again is gonna be traumatic but you can really say um, bone is the one that kind of separates itself bone is generally deep achy never gets better um, like a stress fracture. Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it's it's worse when you're on it, but you can also feel it sometimes when you're laying down. Sure. That's deep boring, is what they always say with with bone pain. But when it comes to muscle, ligament, tendon, you really can't tell. Dep- it really depends on mechanism of injury. It depends on where it's located. So if you can point, it's right here, mm-hmm. and it's over the muscle belly versus the tendon. It's generally oh, that's the muscle belly. But what I tell people, a good thing that you can do is test it yourself. So let's say your elbow hurts. So if my elbow hurts and I give it to Hannah and I say move my elbow for me and she does that and it doesn't hurt at all, that's telling me that it's probably not, um, then it's probably, let me rephrase this, we're gonna go the other way. <laughs> so if Hannah resists my, um, my elbow movement, okay, I'm doing it and she's resisting it, that tells us it's muscle or ligament, okay? so. Then if I just let it flop and she moves it for me and that still hurts, that's probably ligamentous. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if I'm moving it and it hurts, it's probably muscle or tendon. If you're moving it and it hurts, it's generally ligament. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't really tell just by describing so the pain. So basically go to you and you no, help us. Or, no, or you, but, or you can do it. Yeah. If, if your thumb hurts really, really badly and you move it and you're like, yeah, that hurts. Mm-hmm. And then someone else moves it for you and that no longer hurts that's not a ligament if mm. it doesn't hurt when someone else is moving it right. and it only hurts when you're moving it then we're talking muscle and tendon gotcha. 
If it also hurts, if it hurts while you move it and while someone else does it, then it's generally ligament. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I so think that, that's really interesting. So that's a good way to, to test it. But just by describing or like, geez, I have this pain that's sharp and it's at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, Stop I, eating well, bagels y- for lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go take a nap. Yeah. I have no idea. But so that's how you can tell. And then I forgot the second part. Oh, when should we go see a chiropractor? Yeah, versus massage or physical therapy. Immediately, with cash. No. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) Uh, So there's there's a fine line. Um, I tell people, don't come in right away, because generally, either you can fix it yourself, or there's a good chance it goes away. Right. A couple days later, you're fine. Yeah. If it's been around for a week or so, that's time to go into a specialist. And I don't care if it's me or a physical therapist or an orthopedic. Just go get someone to look at it. Now, if it's if you're if it's an obvious deformity, go in right away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If it's gotten progressively worse, then it's time to go mm-hmm. go in. So Monday hurt, Tuesday was worse, Wednesday was even worse, Thursday's unbearable. Well, maybe go in on Wednesday before it becomes unbearable. But if it's getting progressively worse, go in. If there's an obvious deformity, if there's a giant black and blue bruise, go in. If you heard a pop, go in. But besides that, if you're just like, geez, I was snatching yesterday, and now my shoulders kind of sure, yeah, bothersome. Yeah. Because that's what most people are doing. If you're doing a sport yeah. all the time, <laughs> yeah. probably there's going to be a little bubble of pain that yep. kind of goes around your body. Yep, right? absolutely. You just got to give it a break. Yeah, give it a break. And I and a break doesn't mean like complete rest. If you're snatching, all right, let's do some narrow grip. Let's decrease the weight let, or narrow stance. I mean, there's lots of different ways you can play around with it. Mm. But give your body some more recovery time. And if it's f- starting to feel better, good, don't come see me. But in a week or so, if it's still bothering you, come get it checked out. Because the worst thing is two, three weeks later when yeah. now you have hand numbness or it's progressed even worse. And and really, is it detrimental? No. But it turns one visit to, to into two, three, four, mm-hmm. five. We just have to do so much more work. Yeah. Whereas if you were to come in within the week, usually you can fix it quicker. Right. And if you're just feeling like you know, you're being really active, and you could come in for maintenance whenever you want. Yeah, right? absolutely. And m- that's a question I get all the time: is well, I feel pretty good. I just want to continue feeling good. When should I come in? And that's speci- that's specific person to person. Yeah. If you're deadlifting, five times a week maybe you want to come in every two weeks if you're five times a week, you i know there's call me. there's yeah <laughs> something's wrong there's different <laughs> different issues um but i have i have people that come in every three weeks i have people that come in once a quarter mm. um really i tell people if you're on a maintenance plan and you just want to continue feeling good the best thing to do if nothing else is come in a week two weeks before your event right sure i, I feel good i want to keep feeling good Come in a couple weeks before the event so we can make sure you're, you're still feeling well, you're still moving properly. Because oh, under a week is too close because I can slow you down or make you weaker. But if you're feeling good, two weeks, three weeks before your event. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're feeling great, you don't have to come in. Or you could just do what I do, which is like come in three times in one week once and then like forget to make an appointment for three months and that, then do it again. That works too. <laughs> that works Definitely really well too. <laughs> Uh, what else, Lucia? What okay. else do we got? Well, Sam, you really, you answered the next question. This is one was from Jen, and she was asking, how long should someone with pain wait before seeing someone professionally? So you completely answered that. Yeah. So the next question is from Laurel. What guidelines should an athlete use to tell the difference between work through a discomfort and rested pain? 
usually work through it discomfort is is what we're dealing with for, for the most part geez i was working out and this things popped up out of nowhere mm-hmm. work through it okay um my my go-to is if you weren't feeling anything and then you feel something a little bit that's fine if that gets worse throughout the work workout then it's time to stop if you have pain if you have a two out of ten pain even a five out of ten pain and it's not getting worse throughout the workout you can generally go through that and i have a lot of people who will come in and they'll be like oh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to squat today my hip kind of hurts and then after the warm-up they're like oh it actually feels really good so i'm gonna squat and i I don't know if i always know how to approach those people because i'm like yeah my warm-up was built to get your hip moving yep but also if you're dealing with this constant pain and then you know, I give you some tool to make it go away. Does that necessarily mean you should go then do heavy squats mm, yeah, on max, that? Yeah, max squats. Yeah. If you're pain-free, generally, I say go for it. Um, and again, this does tie back into, is the pain getting worse or is it staying the same? And if it's week in, week out, it's still, yep, still 5 out of 10 pain, still 5 out of 10 pain. Well, then that's just a rest week. Throw your, give yourself some time off. Right. Um, but... Other than that, if it's if you have pain and it's not getting worse throughout your workout, go ahead and work through it. And it's not getting worse after the workout. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're maintaining pain, like this still sucks while I work out, but it's not getting worse, fine. Right. And if you go through a warm up and it feels better. That was the whole point. That was the whole <laughs> point. Sometimes I want to say that like, nada. <laughs> yeah. Why you think I do this job? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, your body hurts. Wow. You're well. Nine hours. Wow, it feels better after yeah. the warm up. Like, oh. Mind blown. <laughs> right. But usually I'm like, great. Glad to hear it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, can you tell us? This is not a question from anyone online. I feel like everyone online kind of asks the same question, which is like, help. I kind of hurt sometimes. What, <laughs> what do, do I do? do? Yeah. yeah. Super helpful though. Um, but this is like from more of my perspective as somebody who works with bodies all the time. What, uh, can you tell us more about lack of internal rotation of the hips? Because I feel like I've seen that a lot now from athletes since you and I talked about it a few years ago. So your glute max is your big butt muscle, right? Everyone knows the glute max. That's a hip extender. Your glute med is a hip abductor mm-hmm. and your glute man is a uh, hip abductor to an extent as well um, your piriformis that's a big one right everyone likes the piriformis muscle that's what can cause sciatica yeah people love to roll a lacrosse ball just around yeah on your piriformis. oh yeah absolutely that's an external rotation r- external rotator of the hip you actually have six of them in the um, piriformis is the biggest and the strongest um, in terms of internal rotation of the hip you don't have a whole heck of a lot in terms Mm -hmm. of muscles. Your adductors do a little bit, um, and some of them will do internal rotation when you're relaxed, like laying on your back, but that's not really a practical motion. So we have so many hip external rotators, and it's a position generally of um, power when you're weak. So as we start running and we fatigue, our toes then start to come out Mm -hmm. and that's a position of external rotation yeah we do a lot of um positioning in when we're doing squats we can do like a wide-legged or a sumo squat position toes are out external rotation Mm -hmm. and so what happens is your body just over time starts losing this ability to internally rotate and and truthfully it's not a very practical motion we don't use it day in and day out but without it you don't have very good external rotation either right yes exactly or extension which Mm -hmm. is more important right 
And then you talk to yogis. Well, they're doing a lot of external rotation as well. Pigeon pose, tree pose, sitting cross-legged. All that is externally rotating the hips. There's, I don't know the actual name, but there's the awkward pose. Your like, knees are together. Oh, yeah. I think that's called awkward pose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Nailed, nailed it. Um, that's an internal rotation. Mm. And that's, I think, the only one that I can King think of. King Frog yeah, is frog. also. Yeah. What's that one? Uh, you are on your hands and knees, and your feet are turned out, out yeah. behind mm-hmm. you. Yep, so there's there's another one. Um, but they're, they're few and far between, even, yeah. in, even in yoga. Right. And There's definitely no dynamic internal rotation movements. Ex- like, exactly. I'm never telling people like drop your knees in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's like that's important. We don't want people's knees going in when they're squatting or deadlifting because you you lose power and it be- your knees become more vulnerable to injury. However, you lose that internal rotation ability and you can't extend as well. Same thing in the shoulder. Um, so, the importance becomes not can I have like power, but it's just mobility. Do I have that range of motion in my right. hip? And that's when we, we need to open that up because if you don't have the internal rotation, you can't extend properly. And if you aren't extending properly, that means you're not firing your glutes properly, generally hamstrings, and you're using something else. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what hurts mm. this something else. Your SI joint, your low back, your hip flexor, your piriformis. One of those starts overcompensating. Right. And you see it in runners, you see it in any Olympic lifters, you see it in weightlifters, you see it in CrossFitters, you see it in day-to-day people. Mm-hmm. You know, why is my leg so, why is my hip hurt? Why don't I have external rotation? Do you sit cross-legged all day? Well, yeah, boom. Mm-hmm. You're in external rotation for eight hours right, throughout right, the day. Right. Yeah, and, and then we teach people to use external rotation when mm-hmm. they squat, when they move. Um, but, so if people were to try to add in like one little extra thing, they could, focus on stretching that internal rotator or is there some other way besides just like sitting in awkward pose or sitting in <laughs> for like 20, it hurts. 20 minutes yeah. Yeah. and also yeah it takes a long time to, to change that pattern yeah um so if you are trying to increase internal rotation you want to stretch your external rotators okay so any piriformis stretching is phenomenal um I generally tell people, so if you want a muscular stretch, you need to be between 20 and 30 seconds. That's kind of the the gold standard, right? Stretch it for at least 20 to 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. But if you need fascial opening and fascias, the connective tissue around muscles, you need 60, 90, 120 seconds of stretch. Minimum, right? Minimum. So I tell people 20 to 30 seconds, that's, I mean, that's child's play. We want to go, we want to go to the big leagues here. Yeah. <laughs> so stretch that piriformis and hold it for 60 to 120 seconds. Mm. And the nine out of 10 people, well, what if I overstretch? You're not gonna, <laughs> yeah. you're you, not gonna. Like you are not going to. <laughs> I will, I will treat you for yeah. free for a year. If you, <laughs> if you overstretch, if you are a 12 year old male or female gymnast, then you might be able to overstretch. Right, right, right. But once we're past 18, you're, you just, you can't overstretch those <laughs> muscles. And I, I mean, I'm sure you could, if you stretch eight hours a day for 14 years, yeah, you could probably <laughs> right, overstretch. When it's your job. Yeah, when it's your job. <laughs> um, but it, for the most part, you, you're not going to overstretch those muscles. So hold that piriformis stretch on each side for at least 60 seconds. Right. Repeat that a couple times. Really open up those external rotators. And then um, internal rotation. So clams are very um, popular glute med exercise. Mm -hmm. You're laying on your side, your knees are bent, 
your ankles are together and you open and close your knees against resistance. Well, a reverse clam is the exact opposite. You put, res you keep your knees together and you open and close your ankles. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a hilarious image. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people... It's like doing the Charleston kind of... Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could throw the <laughs> elbows in there. Um, but you can put resistance around your ankles at that point, and that's internal rotation of the femur. And so you're actually working glute med still, but you're doing it in an internal rotation uh -huh. position. And so that's a, that's the quickest and easy easiest one to do. Um, in fact, when I have people working on glute med strength, I have them do both clams and reverse clams, oh, or okay. I'll just give them reverse clams. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've never used that as a tool or seen that used as a tool before. So it's a very good one. It's very easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait to see you show people. The, I'm gonna the, do your it today. Move. I was gonna say, <laughs> like, get over there. Um, okay, I have another question for you. When you are doing tissue work, when you're doing soft tissue work, like let's say you're coming at my hip and you're trying to change the tightness of my hip flexors, um, what are you feeling for when you're actually like using your hands? Like what do you want the tissue to feel like when you know it's supple and moving well and no longer bound up? So this is, this is a very um, broad spectrum question because do you remember those, those toys when we were little that were like worms and you'd squeeze one yeah. side and like yeah. pop up. Yeah. That's what a really good muscle feels like. Oh, what? None of my muscles feel yeah, that way. I know. Oh my God. That's uh -oh. how PD's muscles feel. Yeah. So <laughs> when, I, when I've worked with some really high level athletes, you like some of the Ethiopian and Kenyan runners, you mm. feel their tissue and you're like, what? Does this even contract? Like it's so jello yeah. huh. and squishy. Why? It's because they're getting so much. Because they get tissue work done all oh. the time or they stretch enough or they're getting um, enough recovery in um, but there's also people that I felt who have just yeah I get a massage done once every week and I've been doing it for eight years and their tissues are really super squishy and hydrated yeah mm. now the opposite of that is literally like pushing against this table yeah there are some people where you push against it and you're like, there's no give to this muscle so being rock hard is not necessarily a good thing <laughs> only in your abs right. in okay <laughs> on the cover of and shape even magazine then, <laughs> even then maybe not no yeah. no, no. i was <laughs> sorry that was complete sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> um so the first thing that i feel for is give Okay. You want to push a muscle, whether it's a glute or a bicep, and it should squish. And it's something that sometimes I say to people, like, oh, good, your muscle's so squishy. And people are like, what? Like, oh, how insulting. Like, no, yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> Whoops, sorry, I should, should use a different adjective there. Um, but that's the first thing you're going for is give. And then you're going, uh, what I'm feeling for is the, the consistency of that tissue. So if we're working on a hamstring, all the way from your butt to your knee it should have the same feel oh, and that's okay. where you feel like knots mm. and and bumps and things like right. that that's just one part of the muscles more relaxed than the other so you want squishy jello from knee to butt and generally there's not so much of any of that squishy yeah. jello-ness but there's there's some give and then there's trigger points there's points of bound up tissue that uh -huh. don't have much give mm. so that's those are the two things i'm feeling for and then flexibility on top of that so if I can bend your hip and straighten your knee and you're like you have fantastic flexibility but you, you feel a little tight that's okay All right you have mobility in those joints and sometimes you just get tissue bound up or sore or sore, it's just sore. It, yeah exactly mm -hmm. um, but if you don't have any mobility and you're really tight and you have a lot of 
um, bound up tissue or a lot of hard spots in that muscle, that's when you're like, all right, this is on the bad side of this, the spectrum. Mm -hmm. We need to stretch, we need to grasp, and we need to just manually open up everything. Right. So those are the things that I'm feeling for. Right. I have another question for you. Do you ever deal with athletes or just people in general who are dealing with chronic pain? Like I'm talking about like arthritic pain or um, things where it's pain that's out of their control that might be due to like uh, autoimmune disorder or some other type of yes. chronic illness. Yeah, so arthritis is a big one. We Chiropractors in, generally, in general see a lot of arthritis. Sure. Arthritis is inflammation of the joint. Just like if you roll your ankle and you get inflammation in the ligaments, same thing that's going on in your joints. And something that's really important is to increase the space of that joint. So if you have essentially a bunch of junk in your joint, that's what inflammation is, junk. Um, it's, it's debris, it's metabolic waste, it's white blood cells, fluid, it's yeah. fluid. Yeah. If that's in your joint, we need to increase the, sp the space of that joint, give, your, give yourself more area in which to move but that's a nutrition thing that's a big nutrition thing so the one thing that I tell people is yeah let's let's get space in that joint but there's something going on in your um, digestive system so what you would have send you those people back to someone like Lucia and yeah. say figure out what's going on metabolically exactly especially if it's been chronic I mean you don't get arthritis you you shouldn't get arthritis a lot of people will get arthritis in their left knee, but not their right knee. And both knees have been doing the same thing for uh -huh. 20, 30, 40 years. There's something else going on, and usually I find that that's dietary, and especially with the American diet and the amount of omega-6s and potato chips and... <laughs> All the pro-inflammatory... And, and protein ice cream people are eating. <laughs> Um, you get all that pro-inflammatory, and, yep. and it's, I mean, literally, uh, people talk about arthritis, and it's just inflammation of a joint. Yeah, and, and you could say that about any type of injury people are experiencing, too, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to, if you are having subchronic impingement in your shoulder, what do we call it again now? Subacromial pain Okay, subacro. If you're having subacro <laughs> pain, you could, one of the ways you could tackle that would be to tune up your diet and reduce inflammatory foods. So that you could have less pain. Absolutely. In so general. omega omega threes are very anti-inflammatory. Omega sixes are pro-inflammatory, and both good. We need both, right? If I get cut open, I need inflammatory mediators to go fight disease and, and clean things up. But if I have too many of those mediators and I've got this pain syndrome in my shoulder, and we're just constantly throwing inflammation right, in there, right. it's it's going to be hard to go to go away. And then you stop talking to someone like me and start talking to someone like Lucia. Right, so you what? need all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that. We're your team. So I have a question, Sam. Is that something, you're obviously quite knowledgeable about nutrition and it's something that you're looking at for your clients. Is that something that you've come to through working with clients or having clients where you're like, okay, we're working on this inflamed joint and nothing, nothing's happening and I can do all I can do physically or is this I, I usually, if, if I'm working with, with someone who's got inflamed joints, I don't wait until to see if I can fix it. Mm -hmm. Because generally, if I can fix it, it's temporary. Wow, my hands feel so much better. And then yeah. two weeks later, oh, it hurts again. Right, like when I came in, I had some inflammation in my ankle, some fluid buildup. We tried, mm -hmm. uh, but eventually I had to go get an MRI yeah. and just wear a boot for two months. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
That was fun, wasn't it? No, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. It's so great Memories. to have a booth in the winter. Yeah. And have, like, an opening in the front. Absolutely. It makes no sense. Um, anyway. but, but I generally send people right away mm-hmm. because, I mean, honestly, it's a team approach. Yeah. W- you can do it step by step. Sure, we'll increase mobility and then go get your diet looked at. But by the time your diet look is looked at, your, your mobility or your joint space is decreased and vice versa. Yeah. If I don't have someone helping me or helping my patient clear out all the inflammatory stuff in the joint then I can't increase space as well so really you have to do it concurrently yeah and like if you were to have if you were to say like if you were to create your dream team as just a regular person walking around you need your nutritional therapy practitioner you need your manual therapist or your chiropractor you need somebody who can teach you how to work out move properly yeah you need a potentially you need a physical therapist yep uh or at least you need to work with somebody in a gym setting who works with physical therapists yep and then you might need an orthopedic doctor or somebody who can who you trust that you can go to if you need help that the rest of the team can't work on so the cool thing is the first four people that you just said physical therapist chiropractor nutritionist Personal trainer. Personal trainer, whatever. Those are people that can help you in the woods. Yeah. Right. Right. right? Coach. <laughs> um, but the orthopedic surgeons, the medical doctors, I tell people day in and day out, they save lives. Like, right, I, right. I'm not here to bash those professions at all, and they're so beneficial. My problem with orthopedic sur- just surgeons in general, is once you cut someone open, you can't go back on it. Yeah. Right. And right. it's it's completely necessary. I mean, I have pe- I send people to orthopedic orthopedic surgeons all the time, and we need you need an ACL repair. Like end of story. You do. Mm. However, if you don't need that, or it's an option, but there's other ones, I always prefer you try something else first for the sole purpose of you can't go back after. Yeah. You get cut open. And if you're looking for a good orthopedist, you should find somebody that your physical therapist recommends or someone that you really know you can trust. Because, like, I went to my orthopedic doctor, and she didn't ever suggest therapy for my ankle. Mm-hmm. She was like, you just need to stop doing stuff on it yeah. for two months. Mm-hmm. And that solved the problem. Yeah. And it's great. But you might go to somebody who is, maybe they're working for a for-profit clinic that they run or something like that where they are hoping to cut your back open mm-hmm. and, or that is what they've started to take on as their main objective so that well and they're probably good at it too mm-hmm. yeah i'm good at surgery and i know how to do it and generally it helps people so let's cut you open right right, right. like i'm the foremost knee replacement surgeon that's not the person you should go to if you're wondering if you should get knee surgery Ex- exactly that's when you should go get knee surgery exactly when someone else exactly yeah um and it can be expensive, but I always tell people in that situation, talk to multiple. Mm, talk yes. to two different surgeons from two different organizations. Don't go to Twin Cities Orthopedic and then Twin C- Cities Orthopedic again. Go to Fairview. Go to somewhere else sure. and get two opinions because chances are one of them will say, yep, let's cut you open. And the other one will say, yeah, I don't know if, you, if we right, need to. Right. And if you get a surgeon telling you, I don't know if we, we need to, that's applause to them they're, yeah. t- they're telling you try something else first yeah because they know you'll be back in five years if you actually need that knee replacement right. yeah. eventually you probably will need it but they're smart enough to tell you no deal with it um, find other means first mm-hmm. I feel like people have a, a misconception and even maybe from some of our online questions you can see that that you that there's like one person that you should go to as your end-all be-all but 
in reality, the body is very complicated. Absolutely. And it takes a lot of different specialists. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of different studying to yep. be able to help you in, in small areas. And we all don't know everything. Right. Exactly. You know, there's That's why we there got to rely on each other. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we refer a yeah. lot. Yep. Yeah. And with that, we'll end with teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> 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 uh, Sam, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having it's me. It's been really informative. I feel like I could ask you a thousand more questions, but mm -hmm. we might bore everybody. Because <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they've okay. already the They've already you. turned it off. <laughs> right. They're like, I'm so done with this. As soon as you started talking about soft tissue work, I was out. Uh, but yes, if you have other questions for Sam, you can visit him at Sportswork Active Chiropractic. Uh, or you could just do what I do, which is like text him and say, can I come in in like 30 minutes? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, set up an appointment with him. Go meet with him. His Not only is he reasonably priced, he also spends way too much time with every single patient. <laughs> I try not to. It's just too fun. <laughs> yeah, he likes it too much. Um, so go visit him there and see his practice. Uh, Lucia, what's our challenge? What's your challenge for me for this next week? Well, I'm really, I'm still thinking about, if we're going off of what we've been talking about, I'm really curious about, and we probably could have, you know, been talking about this for a long time, but about fascia and about that muscle tightness and the squishy muscle and those guys who have been getting all that body work and have that super great squish to them. Um, so I want to, maybe it's just a general challenge for all, but, and maybe Sam, you can help us with this. <laughs> Bring that mic back. Hold on. Get squishy. <laughs> yeah. What's what's a way that people can get squishy? <laughs> like, like maybe hydration. Hydration. Yeah. yeah. Hydration actually is number one. Get mm -hmm. fluid into those tissues. Um, but instead of watching Netflix on your couch with in hip flexion and knee flexion, maybe start stretching a little bit while you're while you're doing that. Um, rolling out on a foam roller when you're cold, you're wasting time. But if you're warm, that's it's a good way to just move junk out and start to decrease some of that fibrotic tissue lacrosse balls are great mm. just you start working at muscle i tell people the only way to change tissue is to actually change tissue does self-massage work yeah. if you're like just working on your quad when you're watching netflix Abs absolutely some of us like to watch netflix yeah absolutely <laughs> okay. I, lo I love netflix sip on some water yeah mm -hmm. netflix and chill netflix and chill <laughs> self-massage self <laughs> perfect i like it Okay, that'll be the challenge for this week. It'll yeah. be Netflix and chill um, while you're hanging out in your house, before bed, or just whenever you have time. Do a little extra stretching. Be s get super hydrated this this week. And uh, get, try some self-massage and see if you can find some fluidity in your muscle. A good way to do it is if you're watching a Netflix episode, right, 22 minutes or something of the sort, pick one body part. Don't, nice. thi don't think you've got to go through, all right, yeah. both quads, both hamstrings, right. both calves. All right, today's Netflix and chill will be my right quad and this glass of water. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to think that we're misinterpreting Netflix and chill, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to ask teenagers. Right. You also, and self-massage. <laughs> yeah, okay, we got to well. go. Everybody, this is getting terribly out of control. <laughs> the episode is over. Ah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Sam, and thank you so much for listening, audience. We love having you here. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week for another episode of SoconaCast. Adios. Bye. SoconaCast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit soconacast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-M.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at soconafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. 
see you there.